I am so excited. Today's about to be stupid. Our pastors have been getting us ready. How many of you, you know it started in January? For 21 days, we fasted, we prayed, we were seeking God's face. Some of us, we got our number in that time. Some of us, we got, we, we got what we were expecting God to do. But I know that today, <laughs> today, there were some things that I was waiting for for the next year. There were some things that I was hoping were going to happen until today. But say, but today, I am expecting everything. Y'all sound like y'all ready. Say it again. Say everything. I need 20 people to stand up on their feet and say everything that I'm expecting. Give God a shout of praise one more time. All right. All right. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Because God is way too good. Look at your neighbor. Say the ground is fertile. You might not have been praying, but we've been praying for you. So if you need, look at your neighbor. Say, just take some of my expectation. You, you can have some. You can have some of my energy, because your bad energy, I don't need none of that rubbing off on me. You can have some of mine, amen? All right, get to the word, 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 get to the word. All right, get your notes out. Get your notes out, get your notes out, get your notes out. This is an absolutely, I am so excited. This is an absolutely amazing opportunity. I've never done this before, ever. Uh, First Fruit Sunday is, is, is pivotal, pivotal in our church, because this is a time not just where we're able to sow and our personal expectations are set free, but our establishment, our organization is able to reach the world and the community, not just of our city, but of the nation at another level. And it's all because of your faithfulness, your consistently, and your right heart. Does that make sense? So first of all, I have to thank Pastor Martin for giving me this opportunity to stand. Because of the fact, teaching on this day, today is special. It's kind of like on Thanksgiving when your mama allows you to make the macaroni and cheese. Today is special. Today is extremely special. Anyway, all right, somebody say the goat. It's going to make a whole bunch of sense at the end. But I just want to tell you guys a story. Is that cool? You, you sure? To all of you that are watching online, we love you so much. We appreciate you. Follow along as well, and we're going to get right into it. So how many of you know about the story of Abraham? Right? Father Abraham had many sons. Uh, many sons had uh, Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, so let's ride on. Okay, stop. So we know that Father Abraham is the fa- one of the fathers of our faith, right? Long story short, God gave us Adam and Eve, right? They mess up. Every- all of us were inside of them. And God says, you know what? I got to start over, but I'm not going to destroy them. So he decides to do this with a man named Abraham. So what we have to understand is that Abraham is like the first no, I'm sorry, he's the, he's the second, uh, he's the second um, example of the first fruit offering. But I, I'm just going to go in chronological order because I'm too excited. I'm going to give you three points. Here they are. Ready? Faith. Can you say consistency? And a right heart. Your first fruit, your giving, everything that you do with God requires these three things. It requires for not just a part of you, but your whole self to be in congruence with God. That's your faith. It calls for consistency, that when you give today... That's the, the, the gift in itself will cover your entire life, but it's the consistency of how you live your life after today that means even more than the seed that you're putting in the ground. Because you, for some of us in, in the Nebraska area, there was flooding, right? All of their seed was washed away. That means that you can't just plant a seed and leave it unattended. Because sometimes the weather 
Oh my goodness. Sometimes the weather, the wind, and the rain will take your seed away, but that, you don't lose your faith. What do you do? You activate your consistency and you replant again. Okay. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be so good. I only got 20 minutes. It's going to be so good. Then the third thing that you have to have is what? A right heart. Because it doesn't matter how much seed you put in the ground. It doesn't matter how consistent you are. If the seed in the ground doesn't believe that you believe in it, it won't grow. In one of my science classes in middle school, they used to tell us every morning to speak to the plant. And I'm looking at my instructor like, what are you talking about? Like, like, why would I speak to the plant? Because the plant needs my carbon dioxide, but I need the oxygen that comes from the plant. So at some point in time, when you speak to your seed, it gives you life and you give it life. So, when... so if I can activate my faith and consistently speak to my seed, then my heart and the heart of my seed is correct. Then we're in congruence. It can't do anything but grow. All right, y'all bored. No worries. Shout it out at me. We are not special. Now, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but God is not a respecter of man. Amen. I'm sorry, ma'am. You're looking at me like, yes, he loves me. Okay, I know you're God's favorite. But for the rest of y'all, we're not special. I want to tell you a story. So God didn't choose Abraham because he was talented, special, or righteous. He used him because he could. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that God was like so powerful, like, Abraham, you're going to do what I want you to do. No, God could use Abraham because Abraham allowed God to use him. Some of us, when we give our seeds today, we got to make sure that our hearts are in the right place where God can use us. Your seed just activates God's blessing on you. He doesn't bless the seed. He blesses you through the seed. Ugh. The ability of God to bless Abraham was based on Abraham's obedience. God knew that the only, way that, obedient, that the only way that Abraham was going to be able to cultivate and receive the blessing of God was through a struggle. A lot of us, when we start talking about money, we automatically shut down. We close our eyes, we close our ears, we close our pocketbook, we close our, our bank app. You check your bank app like two or three times a day. The $5 is still in there, don't worry about it, boo-boo. But as soon as we start talking about giving back to God what's already his, people get really weird. But I think that's the part about love, because it's impossible to love someone without sacrifice. Can you say sacrifice? There, there, there has to be a struggle so that it actually means something. So it's not about how much you give. It's about how connected are you to this, this seed that you're about to put into the ground. I don't have the time, but there's a story in the Bible where all these guys were balling out. They, I mean, they came with like Maseratis, houses. I mean, not literally, probably like camels, grain, and all that other stuff. And this woman came with all that she had. And Jesus took his posture from all the ones that had everything and he turned to the woman. He said, y'all need to be like her. Why? Not that, her, not that she was poor. It was because all of her faith was in all she had. Next point. Next point. Next point. Scream it at me. The process begins with your uncomfortability. It's not a word, lexicon people, I know. But I really want you to get this. Listen up. Genesis 12, uh, 1 through 3. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse you. And I, I'm sorry, and, I will, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So what had to happen first for Abraham to receive? God had to remove him from what was comfortable. Your seed is not supposed to be something that you can sit with and smile with. Because God's going to bless you based off of your comfortability. God's going to bless you based off of how far you're willing to jump off the cliff. 
Because God's not satisfied with how fast you got up the mountain. He's not even satisfied with you teeter-tottering off the mountain. He wants to see how far off will you jump and how quickly will you do it. Amen? Oh, man, no time. Oh, my gosh, no time. No time, no time, no time. Next point. Is that right? Yeah, it starts with covenant. It starts with covenant. So, oh, my goodness. After Abraham leaves, leaves where he was, like, like, like he had to leave his, his comfortable place, uh, God basically explains to Abraham that he's going to make a covenant with him because he's already made the first move. Can we go there? Genesis 17, 1 through 2. When Abraham was 99 years old, say he old. Like, old, old. At 75 is when God called him to leave his home. At, at 86 is when his first son, Ishmael, is born. 99 is when he's circumcised. That's tough. That's, that's a tough cookie. That's a tough cookie. So sometimes it takes a minute from when you move from your uncomfortability for God to actually come and speak to you. And it's not that he's not speaking because he's always everywhere at all times, but I think that God is just looking for how long are you really going to be faithful? Consistency. I'm sorry, how, how long are you going to be faithful? How long are you going to be consistent? And how long is your heart going to be right? Is your heart only right when I'm giving you things? Or is your heart consistently right all the time because you're using your faith? So when Abraham was 99 years old, God showed up and said to him, I am the strong God. Live entirely before me. Live to the hilt. I'll make a covenant between us, and I'll give you a huge family. So what happens is, is Abraham falls to his face. Because before this time, Abraham tried to move God's hand by having a baby with another woman that wasn't his wife. Some of you, you thought that God's been late and you've been trying to bless yourself by trying to step in and be God in your own life. And God has to remind me, has to remind you, what you did is cute, but what I do is great. So God tells Abraham, you know that son that you wanted? I'm going to give you the son that you were asking for. Abraham falls on his face. That's the reason why we worship. Because the way that you worship is in reception. We don't worship in expectation. We worship as if we've already got it. Man, there's no, there's no time, but, but, but we're good. We're good. I'm going to be obedient because I don't want to get whooped. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. Somebody say obedience. obedience. Write this down. God does nothing out of covenant. He does nothing on the outside of covenant. Relationship is the most important thing. Farmers, what they do before they plant a seed is they cultivate the ground. If you wanted to, you could say cultivate equals becoming familiar with. So that when the farmer walks the rows of corn, it's almost as if the rows of corn know the farmer. They, like, they, they're familiar. Oh, the farmer's coming. That means that there's water coming. So after you plant your seed, when you start to speak, your seed just goes, it gets, oh, she's coming. Her she's being consistent. Her heart's still in the right place, and she's using her faith, right? You don't just have a baby, put them in the crib, and never walk in. What do you have to do? You have to have faith to walk back in the room consistently and check on them. And then you have to make sure you have the right heart because there's this thing called, uh, 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 like, after women have babies, like, there's a point where they, like, want to throw the whole baby away. But you have to use, make sure you have the right heart to see the seed correctly. Because some of us, we give our seed and we get upset with it. You are going to be so excited today, and a couple weeks from now, you're going to be mad at your seed. And your seed is just, I'm, I'm the blessing. Like, I'm the conduit for the blessing that God's going to give to you. And I'm still working. You just haven't been here to talk to me in a while. 
Sometimes it's not that God isn't talking. It's that your seed's dormant because you haven't watered it in a while. Move on, 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 move on. Oh, my God. Shout it out. Your doubt speaks. So Abraham, right, his wife Sarah is sitting in a tent. She's not even out there when he's talking to God. She's sitting in the tent. She hears her husband face plant. 99, she probably thought he was dead. She probably thought he was dead. But then she hears the, the, the voice of the Lord at the same time as Abraham. And, and God tells Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And what does, what does Sarah do? Sarah laughs. But look at this. Look at this. Look at this. God hears your doubt. God, God, God doesn't have the ability to interpret because he's the master of everything. So he just knows what you're thinking. He doesn't have to interpret anything. So God says to Abraham, so why did Sarah just laugh saying, me? Have a baby? An old woman like me? Is anything too hard for God? I'll be back about this time next year and Sarah will have a baby. I think that God wants to bless you just to prove you wrong. Sarah came up with everything. I'm, I'm old. My womb is dust. Look at your neighbor say dust. And then God doesn't even answer her. Sometimes in the silence, God just doesn't answer to our ignorance. When we start talking to him, like, well, where's my seed? Where's my provision? Where's my blessing? God's like, shut up. It's coming. Why are you worried? Let me work. Look at your neighbor say, why are you worrying? Let God work. Your neighbor didn't believe it. Look at the other neighbor say, why are you worrying? Let God work. Stop, stop bugging me. I got you. What happened to your faith? I got you. What happened to your consistency of knowing that I'm... Do you forget what I brought you through before this? I got you. It's one in 10 billion that you would even be here as a person. So I got you. Like I've done, I'm, I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning, the middle, and the end. All begin. You don't think that I can bless you through the small amount of what you've given me through first fruit? So Sarah lied. She said, oh, God, I didn't laugh. So many people pray that God would come to them like in a vision and come to, the, come to them for real. I don't believe you'd want it. I don't think you want the smoke of God. Smoke being the glory. Another sermon. It's called You Don't Want This Smoke. The glory of God smoke. Anyway. Sarah lied and said, I didn't laugh because she was afraid. But then he said, yes, you did. Today what we're going to do, just like God did, we are going to look at our doubt, and we're going to kill it. After today, it is illegal for you to look at your seed and not believe that it will produce. In the name of Jesus, every single person in this room, we play a, breast, a, a blessing that we protect you from your seed. We protect the ill words, the poison that can come out of our mouth that is doubt. We destroy that in Jesus' name. Right now, Let's just do it right now. Let's go to the end of the sermon and do it right now. Speak those words right now. It will come forth. It will grow, and I will reap my harvest. Okay, sit down, 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 sit down. I got five minutes. I got five minutes. I got five minutes. God said to Abraham. God says to Abraham. God says to Abraham. Why did Sarah? What? Why? Like, I'm God. We be trying to explain to God our situation, like God hasn't already seen it. When He hung on the cross, He said, "What? It is." finished. So what you're praying for is already in the spiritual realm. He's just waiting for you to get lifted enough to be able to see it and just believe like you got it now. That was me at 645 this morning. You ain't bothering nobody. 
Actually, you know what? Half of the people in here wish that they had your faith. God, I got... Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Okay. 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 So later on. Later on. Bring it down. Later on. Everybody say later on. Stop. Thank you. Later on. So later on, God gives him the child. He gives him Isaac, a beautiful, bouncing baby boy. Seven pounds, six ounces. Is that big? Is that big? He was beautiful. Bouncing. I don't know what bouncing means. I don't know why we bounce babies. But he gives Abraham the child. And Abraham thought that his first fruit was obeying God and leaving the land. But that was just the first step of the process. Some of you believe that giving your tithe, your offering, showing up on time and going to work on time is first fruit. Did it, does it cost you anything to go to work? No, you need them bing bangs. You need them, you need them ducats, dollars. What you're going to give is going to be a sacrifice. So listen to this. Listen to this. God says to Abraham, after God has blessed him with his blessing, he's got it. He thinks that his first fruit reception is the child. Some of you got some stuff this last year and you thought it was the blessing. And God's like, no, that's just your Isaac. Like, I haven't even, I'm going to ignorantly bless you. The child is cool. But what I got for you, like you can't exceedingly abundantly above what you can even think of. Because I died on the cross and went to the end, took the keys and went to the end of your life. So you don't even know what's down there. Anyway, so God says to Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. One thing about Moriah is that it's in the same mountain range as Calvary. Abraham takes Isaac up to the mountain and he's supposed to sacrifice him, right? That's his first fruit grift and he gives him the world. God takes Jesus a millennia later to the same mountain range on a different mountain called Calvary and sacrifices his son for the world. I've been ready for this. I've been so ready for this. He says, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering in one of the mountains I will tell you about. Jesus was, God was specific about one of the mountains because Isaac didn't have the ability to save the entire world from sin. That's why he didn't go to Calvary. He went to Mount Moriah because he was supposed to birth the entire world through the sacrifice of his son. But Calvary was set up for God to come back. When we talk about Easter, that's where we talk about Calvary because they're both connected. I think that's why first fruit and Easter are so close together because Isaac is the first, Isaac is the first, the first view. Please stop playing. Please stop playing. Thank you. Cause I ain't going. Oh yeah. Not doing it. Okay. So Isaac is the first view of what we see Jesus will do. That there has to be a sacrifice for you to be able to make the birth. Once a woman is pregnant, she can't be pregnant again. So in a, in a way, there's a sacrifice of the space that's on the inside of her. So once you give your seed, there's, your, your womb becomes occupied with something too big for you. Giving birth is something that's not supposed to happen. The pain threshold of a human being is broken giving birth. But I believe that God's going to give you grace to push out the baby that Pastor Carpenter was talking about on Friday. They're going to do that in this season. Shout amen. amen. So then God says to sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. So God says this to Abraham. He said, uh, so, so Abraham says, okay, all right, God. God says you're going to sacrifice him. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's my time. Thank you. Y'all heard him. So God, so if, if I'm getting whooped, we getting whooped. So God says to Abraham, you know what? You're going to go and you're going to sacrifice your son. Abraham doesn't even say anything. He wakes up early the next morning and starts chopping wood because Abraham knows what God promised him already. 
So Abraham takes two other men with him because in your blessing, you're going to need some witnesses to watch what God does in your life. <laughs> what? What? So he takes these two men. He takes these two young boys to Mount Moriah with him. And, and, and then what he says to them is, uh, oh, oh, scream this at me one time, though. God provides for himself. Is this making sense to anybody? So Abraham gets up to the mountain where he's supposed to do what with his son? Sacrifice him. He's supposed to offer him up. But listen to what Abraham says to the two men. He says, okay, um, so son, God will see to it that there's a sheep on the burnt offering, and they kept on walking together. As they're walking, Isaac looks at his father. He's like, okay, I see wood. I see lit oil. That's what we call it, lit oil. He said lit oil. Welcome to Mississippi. I see a knife, and, and, and I see some string. Like, uh, but where's this off- offering at? Abraham uses his faith, and he uses the consistency of what God told him before. And his heart is set on what God told him, not what he said about sacrificing his son. But listen to this. Listen to this. Four verses before, remember he took two people with him as the witness? He looks at them, and he says, hey, don't worry. We're going up to worship. I'm like, so wait a minute. My sacrifice in giving my first fruit is actually my worship to God? I thought it was, wait a minute, so sacrifice equals worship? So every time I lift my hands, it's as if I'm giving up something of myself in exchange? Oh, but the next sentence, he says, but guess what? We're coming back. And they didn't question him. That's why you need some people in your squad that when God tells you something, and then when it changes, they don't question you. They just get in the car and say, hey, let's roll. Because people will slow up your process because God is looking for, are you going to listen to the last thing I said? Well, God told you last week that he was going to do X, Y, and Z. No, we can't do it. I need a new passenger in my car. Somebody say move on. So Abraham goes to stab his son. Abraham is like, you know what, God? You promised me the son so you wouldn't take him away from me unless you had something exceedingly, abundantly, above what I could ever expect. So this is how I see it. Abraham has this knife. He's about to stab his son, and then as soon as he's about to, like, literally, like, like kill the boy, what happens? The angel of the Lord says what? Abraham! Abraham, yes. And Abraham says what? What's good? Please tell me something different. That means that once you give your seed, once it leaves your hand, you need to keep listening for the voice of God. It's, it's, it's not... God, it's not about what you heard. The number, the number is insignificant to God. God wants to know, once you put this in the ground, are you still listening with the same faith that you started with? Look at your neighbor. Say, are you still listening with the same faith that you started with? Because some of us are using faith on lease. My family, they're slaves. I'm not trying to get into the black-white conversation, but this is my culture, and I will never be ashamed of it. I use the faith of my ancestors, but our first ancestor is Abraham. So if you don't have the faith today, use the faith from this scripture. Just for two seconds, lift them up. Just receive the faith. Like, Father Abraham, I just received the faith. No playing. No playing. I receive it. Because... Because I've given some first fruit and I got a bad taste in my mouth. But like, like give me the taste that you gave Abraham. The one that, that was never thirst for anything. God, like, give me that faith. Okay, I'm sorry. We're doing kinesthetics. Sit down. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. So God specifically says to Abraham, he says, what? Don't lay a hand on that boy. Don't touch him. 
Some of you, once you lay your seed in the ground, you're going to start mentally trying to dig it up. Man, I, I could have done. You know what I could have done with that money? We hungry. You know, you know what we could have done with. You know what we could have done with that two hundred dollars? For some of you, in there, you know what we could have done with that ten G's? You know what I could have done for that? And God's saying, once you put the seed in the ground, it's no longer yours. He says, this is mine now. Oil never runs dry when you have an empty vessel. So when you first fruit, think of it this way. You're literally giving God more room to bless you with. So at some point in time, I want to get to the point where I have so much money, I'm just trying to get rid of it so he can give me more. Like, because the more I hold on to, the more I'm responsible for it. Just, just take as much as you can, Lord. Just take it. <laughs> he said, and this is what God says to him, because he saw his faith, he saw his consistency, and he saw that his heart was right. He says, you didn't even hesitate to place your son on the altar. You didn't even hesitate. You didn't question me. You didn't ask me. You weren't like your wife who didn't have the faith. Some of you are receiving things because somebody in your family has better faith than yours. God doesn't even listen to you. He's like, you ain't even got it. I'm going to listen to the person in the family that got the faith. Who's that person in the room? Like, you got the faith for the family. I'm the faithful one, God. Don't listen to them. Talk to me. They don't know. No, because I've seen you move, move mountains and all the good stuff, and you're going to do something in my life again. Amen? So then... That's the beautiful part of the story, right? At some point, this is how I saw it. As they're walking up the mountain, Abraham is so set on worshiping God at the top of the mountain that as he's walking, at the end of the chapter, there's a ram that's where? Behind him. It's behind him. In the New King James, it says, Abraham, turn around, for there is a ram in the bush. So my thought is that when he had the faith to take the first step, this is it. So if you want to shout, this is it right here. He had the faith to take the first step, and the ram was behind him. Which means in your first step, your, seat, your, your blessing is already behind you. Wait, wait, stop, wait. So then he had the consistency to walk up the mountain. And had he taken a step back, the ram would have taken a step back. Because your blessing only moves at the speed of your faith. I'm talking to somebody this morning. And then he, he kept the consistency to walk up the mountain. And once he actually laid his first fruit on the altar, God said, oh, there was no hesitation. Hey, turn around. Remember that blessing that you've been waiting for? It's been following you the entire time. There's somebody in the room. Your blessing is li literally pulling on your coattail. But it's looking for you to be faithful with your giving. It's looking for you to be consistent with every step that you take. And it's looking for your heart to be correct. So listen to this. This is the close, and the pastor's going to come. Before he even gets there, God explains something to Abraham. Can you bring the lights down? I want you to do something for me. This is a constellation. This is the north hemisphere of, of the world, where when you look straight up in the air, it looks as if the stars are circling around you. This is what I think Abraham saw. God takes Abraham outside. Remember, like he's already got the blessing, but when he's explaining it to him, which is what we're going to do today, this is what you've been looking at for the last four months. He says, Abraham, go outside, and, and I, I, I want you to do something for me. I want, you, I want you to do something for me. I want you to look up in the sky. What are those? I want one person. If you can count every star up there, I'll give you a million dollars. Go ahead. Count them. Just try. Just try. God tells Abraham... Then he took him outside and said, look at the sky, count the stars. Can you do it? Can you do it? 
Say no. no. Count your descendants, he says. Because of your first fruit, Abraham, I'm not go- you thought your son was the blessing, but I'm going to give you the stars. What are the stars for your family? What are, the, what, what are you believing for? Is it a baby? Is it a new house? Is it debt paid off? Is it the ability to walk into any circumstance and totally change it around just by writing a check? God, God says, you have to have faith to believe that I can do it. You have to consistently walk in that faith, and then your heart has to be correct the entire time. So he says, count your descendants. You're going to have a big family, Abraham. So this is what I want to tell you. Say, go. go. You bring the lights back up. We're about to praise God in the most ignorant way possible. I dare you to do something. Say G-O-A-T. Say G-O-A-T. Okay. Go on and trust God. Where we're from, they say just go on and do it. God is the GOAT. He's the greatest that has ever, ever existed. So why don't you just do one thing, stand to your feet and go on and trust God. Look at three neighbors and say, go on and trust him. No, say it like you mean it. Say, go on and trust him. Just say it. Say, go on and trust him. Stop waiting for it and go on and trust him. Come on, somebody lift up your voice in this place.